You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that is shifting the way we think, interact and transact. Hello, <laughs> Hello. So, <laughs> yeah, we were kind of doing a bit off, off air, weren't we? So kind of inspired by the, uh, I guess for people who've seen it, the famous Seinfeld kind of skit where they have the uh, choosing between a funny voice and kind of, you know, I guess someone who would eventually become your long-term mate. And of course, Jerry being Jerry chooses hello <laughs> as, uh, as his way, his way forward. But that's not really what we're here to discuss is it we're kind of we're here to discuss conflict and really around this you know i think what is present a lot of times in these conversations around different subject matters is that we tend to put um polarity in into things so there's kind of there's there's this good and there's this bad and that then gets played out and attached to individuals yeah where they sit in the good and the bad Often it's very much the good, but then you speak to the other side and it's the good as well. So mm. the zoom out. But the the Jerry and it's an interesting place to start the hello yeah. because Jerry it's character versus character there in terms of in its simplest form. Absolutely. Um choosing something that rubs the wrong way in a in a relationship. But I think current stance, wherever you are, character V character at the moment is is everywhere depending on how you look at it mm. um it'd be interesting today to e- explore what that means and then f- get to some sort of space of how you get to a resolve if you ever do or how you live with that what are some of those things that we've observed professionally and then also personally around when we've had character v character conflict and what that looks like how it gets resolved, if at all, if it can, um, and then also how it plays out <laughs> in the long run. Mm. Um, and then also what the mechanism is around what a conflict can actually produce, um, a good one and a bad one. Um, but right now in Australia, we've got lots of conflict coming up, and I suppose politics really brings in at least sort of where democracy sit in a strange way, even though we've spoken about leader vacuums. Mm-hmm. Often the narrative when it comes up to a federal election is character v character and you've almost got people trying to pick a side. It's a bit like a softer version of MMA, a very... <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's Which a good is way of putting like it. a way society, I don't know, is quite simplistically understands where we're going when there's a lot underneath that but Mm. the drama plays out under a narrative of character versus character but the reality is it's got nothing to do with those two people really it it doesn't it doesn't yeah but um we're very much programmed to understand character v character narratives um and what that means and where we align with each other and where we align ourselves with those characters do you reckon I do. I do. I mean, I think it's, you know, um, yeah, we kind of have to blame Walt Disney and kind of Joseph Campbell, I think, in terms of that from a very, very young age, we're actually, we're, you know, it's through everything that we, we grow up with. It's in, it's in every story that we're told. It's in everything that we actually see in terms of how we actually consume things is broadly what we do is that it's, it's attachment. 
So we take people and we make them representative of a specific, specific thing. And we do that kind of across different pieces. I think where we sit though now is that they've been pushed to the edges. So a lot of our characterization used to be um, more kind of mythical, I guess, more centrist in terms of the types of things that we used to actually pay, pay attention to. And our media landscape now is so splintered that really you can kind of actually create broadly a mythical character that speaks exactly to the audience that they're actually speaking to and i think the challenge we face is that now that audience looks at the other characters and there's no there's zero respect left so it's very hard to have um a conversation that is centrist and is actually a bit moderate in its in its view because i think partly it's you know it's maybe not as interesting um it's a bit it's a bit boring people don't necessarily pay pay attention to it but it's but it's everywhere right so it's about kind of finding these tension points and then actually putting someone that speaks to it and then it's almost like a versus strategy you've then got to go out and say not just what you're for but and not even what you're against, it's who you're against. And that I think is, you know, a huge issue that we that we face day in and day out. So we're programmed <clears throat> to think about um, people through these broad kind of myths and, you know, just characterizations of who they actually are and what they stand for. But rather than necessarily try to understand each other's views anymore through that and kind of go, okay, well, they stand for that. They're not in the middle and they're not centered in media. They're pushed, they're pushed apart and depending upon your perspective on even if you believe in right and left in politics, it, that's not really my concern in saying this. It's more that what you consume and what you're actually fed is that it's an archetype who's speaking to you from that reinforcing stuff. But what they're actually also saying, which is new and more dangerous, is that it's an We've seen this, I guess, in other points in history, but not like this, where it's pointed at a specific group via media. So it's we're against them. It's not a <clears throat> tribal conflict thing. I think, Pat, like we used to kind of almost end up in like a war state and we've seen that before, but now it almost plays out in narrative, mm. right? For sure, there's mm. a lot in that. And mm. I suppose the big one is what's led us to there. It's this sort of value signaling against what you're against. Mm. or not necessarily i suppose which goes with what you were for because they're against this um i suppose and we're talking very much at least what i'm hearing you say is the very much political social setting that we're observing here when it's character versus character mm. that narrative playing out and the way our brains work when we're deciphering um who we feel part of with and what we feel part of and then that media landscape, that splintering effect, the big logs being absolutely bagozunked. Mm. Yeah. And now we've just got these very sharp, pointed narratives coming at us and everyone sort of aligns with something and disaligns very strongly with something else and can't quite hear that other voice. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And that's a that's a great way to put it. And, you know, like, um, I guess I'm curious because like where I grew up in Canada, it's very much what we talk about is kind of the true north, strong and free, right? So it's this multicultural society where <clears throat> it's not dissimilar to here in terms of, um, I guess, more like a fair go, kind of we're all equal in terms of, but most people believe that and somehow experience that in, in some way that they could relate to it and it almost kept it in check whereas now it feels like that 
that master thing that held us together that kind of everyone saw and everyone believed in, in terms of kind of what it actually meant to be that is splintering at the same time we're doing this character versus character thing. So like in an Australian context, I'm not sure if you kind of see see that through your own kind of life experience of the the death of almost like a national national dream, which is a challenge in democracy, because that's the idea. That's what we all judge our actions and behaviors against. Yeah, I think it's there's a fair bit in that in terms of the national idea. I think the national identity, hmm. I don't know if it's definitely from speaking from a splinter of where I've come from, for sure, because I think I've definitely grown up in a landscape that has always been splintering and narrowing. And narrowing. It was only really from moving out and being able to interact in circles outside of your own interests, your own, yep. like really taking an active role in that, do you start to understand how different what different content people are getting fed and where they sit and um Mm -hmm. just being able to understand that but i think the national dream has been challenged across the world because it's a shrinking world we can travel Mm -hmm. a lot faster i think a lot of people my age who didn't experience like lockdown so hard so 30 20s like late 20s 30s 40s it's like a lot of people feel a global connection versus a it's almost become generational in a strange way yeah i think a lot of people are experiencing something similar at generational levels across a lot of nation states versus experiencing something similar as a nation and feeling that connection through there's this sort of disconnect that exists and then also the media that plays out is relatable across nation states so there's this confusion and cohesion that's Mm. arising across borders and it's that splintered media effect where everyone feels connected across but not necessarily within the same geographical location and then i think people do question the fair go which is fair enough because it's just i don't know how long it's been there whether it was ever there was it ever true like and i think that's a valid question like it was a fair go for for some white people and then it was a fair go for some women so a fair go for some white men coming yep. and a fair go for some women when it made sense democratically because they were getting outnumbered. It's always been a strategic fair go. Yep. I don't know whether that fair go has had a proper spotlight mm. around that in a public sense, um, but I think people are cottoning onto it. And that's probably because the fair go hasn't been applied broadly enough. And I think exactly people are feeling that. Yep. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I think... I think that's I think that's right and then it plays out in this what I think becomes of that so that because it's it's not true when you really kind of step step back from it but I think the the opportunity is to acknowledge that it's it was never true yeah. but this idea that you know I think it's the the long road to progress and actually kind of in, ensuring that everyone can actually step together towards that which is which is a very centrist thing to actually think about almost becomes impossible because you cannot reach everyone with with the message which is you know i think a lot of the media theory around you know like kind of the marshall McLuhan stuff is that you know the medium becomes the message so Mm. in today's world our medium I think, you know, when we'll look back on this period of time, actually became um, data. It actually became these signals that we sent between one another, not necessarily the devices that we consume them through, 
but we get caught. Mm. We often get caught in our own little data loops that are self-reinforcing. And like, I find it, you know, even like just through COVID, you know, taking a listening to everyone approach and trying to kind of understand, you know, what people's views on vaccines are, what their views on kind of um, mandates are, what their views on lockdowns are, what their views on masks are, working um, remotely, coming back to work, all of these different things. You can prove every single point if you want to yeah. um, in a specific way. So if I said I never wanted to go back to the office ever again, there is a whole world I could use to prove that. But there's another piece to that, which is that if you believe the centrist road, which is that we're all on this journey together, I'm going to leave everyone else behind in, in doing that because my life is going to become very much how I mold it to suit myself and that's the part that i like really worry about is that we get into these little bubbles that no one else can really kind of penetrate anymore and it pitches us against one another and it's it's almost implicit in the medium if you know what i mean pat like it's actually it's in it's in there that there's it's us against us you're listening to bau business as unusual the podcast that is shifting the way we think, interact, and transact. Your hosts, Patrick Beggs of Per Production, a production house that works with organisations to create media that strengthens culture and communicates that culture to the world. And Joe Rogers, CEO of The Contenders, a brand agency famous for crafting brands which deliver results for those who work for them, shop for them, and support them. For more information, head to baupod.co. And if you find this podcast insightful, please help us by telling a friend and rating us on iTunes. Thank you. Now back to our conversations. From a perspective of a democracy yeah, and try and understand it, it's, it's the devil and the, you know, it's, it's such a great tool for people to use and you can see the politicians using it very well, but then it's also the most divisive thing for a democracy. And you can see it get infiltrated from different levels. Who knows the full level? I definitely don't. I, I know don't. some people do. Yeah. But like what that actually hmm. is doing, that divide and conquer is such a simple yep. form to be able to progress a certain agenda if you understand that um, landscape, which I think uh, a lot of analytics companies are getting a better understanding of. Um, if you can get access to that data, but that image of you saying that we are the data is so poignant. I think um, you shared a, a comedy stand-up where it was made a, a funny point around people being scared of robots coming, and then he made the poignant point that we are already the robots. Like you know, we're already so yep. <laughs> in tune with this sort of algorithm. We're already sort of becoming a cog in the wheel. Um, and that was a really strong message. I was like, wow, that's really made me zoom out and see sort of just the way that we interact with a larger system and then your point around that we are already the data. So the question now is, if we're using a narrative structure, is there any hope for character v character or do we have to start looking at different narratives to break that up because we're sitting at, is, it's not character v character anymore. It's character v character v character v character v exactly. character, which is sort of a great thing. I think we existed, at least in Australia, we always exist in a duopoly. I think we had a monopoly on the media landscape pre Absolutely. sort of digitization of media, yep. um, which is great. But at the same time, every great move comes with its jeopardy. And I think we're in that jeopardy spot right now. Mm. Um, 
where there are some great voices being lifted up that need to be heard. But then I don't think we've got that piece where we understand we need to hear voices that we don't necessarily agree with to understand where they're coming from. So this centrist conversation, we don't have a place, we don't have the soapbox, the person in the streets holding conversation or I don't even know if that ever existed. No. Someone <laughs> having that and holding that space. Like how, how do you have that in the end? But that is the missing link. It is. It is. Yeah. 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 And no, I don't think we ever had it. Like yeah. I, I, I think you, it's, you know, it's, it's really, it's, it's, un, it's unfortunate and it's, 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 it's quite a limited thing. I think in terms of, um, humanity and that we tend we tend to look backwards with this nostalgic kind of view around things were simpler they weren't they weren't they weren't simpler yeah. in terms of kind of where things actually actually stood I do think though that the what's actually happened is that the consumption of our own data our own story and not seeing how those narratives intertwine mm. is really the issue so like the point you make pat which is really a strong one which is that it's not just character versus character it's character versus characters yeah. in terms of how that goes through it's you know the it's the classic thing around you know like the dinner table try to have an open conversation around a dinner table these days and just try to have it so Everything that's in our world should be there and on. So leave the TV. Just imagine you doing do this. have an advertiser <laughs> drama. Yeah, but just imagine. So you leave the TV on. Just leave the TV on. Whatever you were watching when people came over, leave yeah. that on. Let everyone kind of keep their devices at the table and see how quickly they get distracted by kind of actually actually what's what's there. And it's yeah. not it's not their fault. And it's not it's not actually a judgment of your company or anything else like that. It's like you do it too. Yeah. It's just it's actually this is the world that we that we live in and what they're getting in that world is less challenging unless they actually send it then perhaps they would be challenged in not the public square but the private square right the actual the conversation around you know like a campfire or across a picnic table or kind of post surfing like wherever those conversations happened i think you know a lot of the time that's where people would get the edges of their viewpoint push back a bit right so you know and i think you see that like it's it's interesting like one of the few things i do think breaks through at the moment is like checking male behavior right so this this whole idea that that, you know talk about generational differences is that that is a massive one that's really starting to emerge is that you will get checked based off of based off of that at some at some level now certainly that's you know like i i can give you multitude of different examples of you know seeing that happen making space for everyone in terms of where that actually sits but then that conversation is probably one of the very few that you'll actually be able to kind of create things so it's i think that's the challenge is that if you're you know, trying to kind of hold a democracy together. You have to find ways like that that are actually about moving us forward collectively. Mm. But politics has become divisive because it's ultimately... Yeah, it's well. It's I mean wedge politics. Yeah, exactly. When I when I studied political theory and kind of done it, that's exactly what you're taught. Is yeah. you're taught to find your hot buttons or however the hell you want to describe them. Yeah. It's all bullshit, but it's <laughs> whatever the terminology is. But it's about finding spaces where you can break apart 
a block, right? So that, I mean, that's, that's the theory what we've of it. got. We've got yeah. the splintered block, <laughs> but we splintered it, and then we can't again. <laughs> don't you the, think? We don't yeah. have the glue, like no glue anymore. But geez, we have the data to understand how to splinter that, and how to splinter that, and how to splinter that, and then how to speak to those splinters, yeah, and send it out. And I think we've seen that play out over COVID response. Like, there's just no unity. Whether who, mm. right, wrong, whatever. There's just no, no universal. And once again, it sort of disintegrates that middle, but. It does. Yeah. It does. But you we did for a while. We yeah. did, didn't we? Like during COVID, like if you just step back one sec and then kind of build on, on your point is that we did for a while. We actually were yeah, quite together. That's a good and point. The reason I'm like, I stress that is yeah, that there was actually something that joined us all together, which was that we actually didn't understand this thing. And we all kind of were like, okay, what actually is yeah. this? But as we've actually started to understand it and take views on kind of our response to it, it's all disintegrated. As because we, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. As we consumed it, it's become part of that splinter block. Like it's yep. been consumed and yep. now it's sort of being spoken back out through these fractious sort of ideas of what we've interpreted it to be yep. and how it's interacted with our society. And we've owned it and then replayed it character versus characters as you so well play. Yep. Um, but there was a point that you made at the start of that. I'm trying to remember. I had something to say. It was you were talking about the family environment and that, that is sort of that middle space, that space to be able to have those conversations. And geez, I just wanted to bring it back to that because that is such a powerful thing, I think. Mm. Yeah, so it, it really, at least in my mind, getting that visceral image of a family challenging moment or mm. friend challenging moment, any challenging moment and people just going to that device. I don't know if listeners can feel that, see that. Yeah. And it's just all of a sudden this reinforcing that you're all right because they're all right. Like, you know, you get this perpetual hamster wheel of validation. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that's... And it's been... And I wanted to come back to that and talk about that because I think COVID's really sped that up because we've been locked down. Yep. And we haven't had those interactions, whether they be with challenging family members, people out of the surf, people anywhere in the community and i think the character versus characters walls have been built up walls have been in the narrative whether you watch american politics or not it's still there and i think we've built walls up against people we don't agree with and that's left right center wherever you are yeah whether you know it or not i think walls have been built and they're hard to get down when you when you really reinforce those roles yeah yeah and then so kind of last last i guess kind of um question for today is so those walls like do you think those walls like do you think they're values based or do you think they're kind of more opinion consumption based right so like in in your experience because they're they're there no matter how you look at the kind of data you're basically and whatever loop that is it you know if it's apple protecting you from the world it's still within the confines of what you've already chosen to look you never get the ad penetration to make you think about something differently so you're in your own little privacy garden the rest of the world who's kind of not in that garden and in terms of kind of you know will get those pushes but again the the commercial incentive is to push them towards a particular area but like do you think it's more values or do you think it's more consumption based it's a good question. I think it's the wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm. Um, I think it's sold as values, but I think it's consumption-based. Yeah, me too. Um, and I think the interesting bit is, I th- as 
politics feels like it corrodes. Like an interesting point for organizations is to actually become that um, sheep or wolf, whatever, wherever you want to take that analogy, but actually value-based and back it up with values. But I think the value really, if you want to run the cohesion point, is sort of where we're talking and trying to be that space. But that's a dangerous spot to come from for an organization. But if it's an organization trying to capture a large set of values, like in the end, you can't speak to those millions of splinters like that. No. Like the way that a very pointed media person or, you know, opinion columnist or a news center that looks to deserve a certain argument continuously. I think mm. if you're wanting to hit that across the board, there's an interesting space to exist there, but is the, pop- is the population ready to receive that? It's a tough question. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And I think that's where we can take this kind of conflicting next is that it's the, you know, it's kind of the, the point that um, the kind of um, team at uh, um, Kearney make in terms of kind of, um, they've written this book around kind of like the the death of kind of the American dream, the, re- the rebirth of the American dream. And this idea that we, when we have these kind of these new media Media come into our lives, whether it was the printing press, mm-hmm. um, whether it was kind of um, trade initially is a form of media. The society itself actually struggles with the literacy of actually what's what's happening to it. But the the thing that happens is that kind of then this generational sense of values is that there's a something changes mm-hmm. in terms of where we're actually at. And I think that's the interesting part of this kind of this character v character v character piece that we're actually unpacking is that values i think underneath it all in are actually pretty consistent over over time but it's the way that they get manifested in terms of how you have to value tell that story is very very different yeah it's a great place to leave joe it's true all right well thanks pat all right let's go there thank you for listening to bau business as unusual subscribe and learn more at baupod.co That's B-A-U-P-O-D dot co.